I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Dirty Air Formula One Racing Podcast with Josh Weller and Alfie Brown. Before we start this week's episode, I just wanted to ask if you would possibly like and subscribe rate review positively close brackets it really helps us out so if you could do that that would be absolutely wonderful of you uh, we really appreciate it here at dirty air towers everybody enjoy the podcast hello i'm comedian josh weller and i'm comedian alfie brown and this is dirty air your favorite formula one racing podcast your favorite non-affiliated formula one podcast well not affiliated yet they'll never want they will Last week you said Alex Albon's mum would shank you. <laughs> I said she. I said she'd shank you, which actually I think. Yeah, I don't is think they're going to come knocking anytime soon. <laughs> I think that's a really negative attitude to have, and that. What was your favourite moment of the Australian Grand Prix? I have two favourite moments. One of which was uh, when I realised the man sitting next to me, the only other person watching the Formula One race in the uh, sort of betting shop slash pub that I was watching it in, uh, mm-hmm. that he was wearing a Stoffel Van Dorn cap. Yeah. Which I thought was a really... I had no idea that uh, Stoffel Van Dorn carried that sort of uh, weight of fandom. I thought it was just a name that you liked to say because it sounded like a dessert. The other... I didn't didn't have any of the commentary because uh, it was a betting shop. So I just had horse racing commentary on in the background. So there was one moment, I think, where uh, Perez was trying to... uh, Was about to take Russell. And there was a horse called Nipple Whiskey. Uh... Uh, racing and uh, it looked like uh, nipple whiskey was about to take George Russell. Those are my two favourite moments of the Grand Prix. What's your favourite moment of the actual Grand Prix taking it seriously, Joshua, as you're prone to do? My favourite moment of the Grand Prix weekend was obviously like Max Verstappen can be quite um, rambunctious towards um, a lot of people. The way he like they've had to change the rules of Formula One so that when the safety car comes out, when the safety car comes out now, Max Verstappen can't overtake the car in front of him before the race starts when the safety They've literally had to change the rule of F1. Because it wasn't explicit enough about what they obviously should be. Like, it, oh, it, oh, yeah, you, you obviously need to be the car behind, don't you? But he just kind of comes along parallel and starts, like, <laughs> playing chicken with the car beside. 
My my favourite moment of the weekend was in qualifying when uh, Max Verstappen said the sun was in his eyes and Max Verstappen went, mate, I can't see shit with the sun. It's unbelievable. Completely blinded. Max Verstappen got angry at the sun. Like it, the source of all life as we know it on planet Earth, uh, there is no limit to the, the brattiness. I, I encourage everyone listening to this to Google Max Verstappen's private jet. It is one of the most insane aeroplanes I have ever seen in my life. As soon as I saw it, I started going bum, 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 What kind of headspace do you have to be in to go, do you know what kind of aeroplane I want? What? One that makes me look like an evil Bond villain. It's, it's quite something, isn't it? But then I think that actually shows quite good self-awareness. The fact that he, like, somebody obviously painted him like a lilac plane. And he went, no, 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 I'm evil. Give me the black and red one. I'm the <laughs> evil one. Don't give me a lilac plane. But he's painted it. He has his own logo on the aeroplane, right? Uh, much as the uh, the Orange Army can be uh, quite irritating in their uh, vociferous and constant support of Max Verstappen, it's good to know that there is no bigger Max Verstappen fan than Max Verstappen. <laughs> Did you enjoy the Australian Grand Prix overall? Again, it fooled me at the beginning because I thought it was going to be boring. And I think the last 10 laps were, and I think the first 20 laps. But there was a good... I think those two safety cars, how Charles dealt with them, Charles Leclerc, my friend Charles, uh, how he dealt with them, that was really impressive because both safety cars ended at um, turn 13, right before the huge long straight that also accommodates the start of the race. Now, with how much slower Ferraris are than Red Bulls, you would have thought that that, like, starting straight after that turn, that Max had so much trouble with all uh, weekend, he'd never liked turn 13. And the angles that uh, Charles took afterwards uh, and the, the way in which he managed to avoid being overtaken and how slow the Ferraris were on the straight all weekend was really impressive uh, and meant... Yeah. It sort of made me go, you know, affirmed to me... Charles is proper. Charles is, amongst many other things that uh, Charles Leclerc did this weekend, Charles is a proper racing driver. Let's get into our race review of the Australian Grand Prix 2022. In 10th place, finishing uh, with zero points so far and zero points in the championship. Aston Martin. Stroll finished in 12th. Vettel had one of those weekends where he's starting to feel like your dad's divorced friend who just comes around on the weekend and hangs out in the house and it's just all a bit awkward and you kind of wish he wasn't there anymore, which is quite heartbreaking to say because everybody loves Seb Vettel. But man, he just could not <laughs> handle that car this weekend. He couldn't handle that car. It was mad. Yeah, but then, like, how much trouble they had across the entire weekend. And I think there's been, there, ha- there seems to have been some confusion across the weekend about, like, people complaining about their cars like you know Carlos Sainz complaining about his car whereas the other Ferrari wins the race Max Verstappen complaining about his car because it didn't obviously because it didn't finish Um, whereas Perez is going great guns on that car having a having a lovely time uh, and you know outperforming where he was last year Uh, obviously finding it a lot easier to drive than where he was but Aston Martin I don't think that uh, Lance or Seb would disagree too much on the fact that it wasn't a pleasure to drive Lance Stroll did very very well and yeah um, 
Seb couldn't handle it. The, the, the car was completely out of his uh, out of his control. It seemed, and there's something about the the, about the balance of the vehicle. But I reckon Seb, while he's had COVID, I don't think I don't think he was in the sim. I think he was working out how to make the perfect pizza base. <laughs> when COVID was uh, all the rage. And Vettel and Leclerc were teammates. They did an interview together over Zoom. And it was not great because Vettel's Wi-Fi was a little bit patchy, like a classic dad. And um, he says to Charles, he's like, are you still doing your F1 diet? And Charles was like, yeah, every day, you know, I eat like, um, you know, like boiled chicken, rice and greens. And I'm just keeping to my diet so I can keep training and keep working out. And Seb was like, I've made a pizza every day. Yeah, he strikes me as somebody who's really enthusiastic about the amount of time he ferments the dough for. Yeah, Seb Vettel, he, Seb Vettel has, this season, he has a haircut of someone who was really, really into, um, like, early, mid-2000s indie, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. He's got that weird little swoop over indie boy haircut kind of thing. Like he, like, like he could name every Razorlight album in order. Yeah, or like he's a big Yolo Tango fan. Like, he loves shoegaze. <laughs> How would you feel if you bought a Formula One team mm-hmm. and you pumped probably half a billion dollars into it and you put your son in the car and you put a four-time world champion in and then on the race weekend, one of them, literally the first corner of qualifying, gets in a crash and then the your other guy, your, your four-time world champion, he just goes, I can't drive this and just smashes it into a wall so he can go home. <laughs> Like, I think I would be angry all the time. Well, it, he didn't strike me as somebody who, before buying a Formula One team, wasn't angry all the time. He has the neck of somebody who is startlingly close to a heart attack. I, I think he probably operates at such a high level of paternal delusion uh, that he can, you know, make his investment in his son being there um, seem fine. I also think that Stroll, of all the uh, privileged children of, uh, you know, billionaires who have been bought a seat and, like, coddled into the sport, he's the best. It's not like Mazepin. Mazepin handed Lance Stroll um, a huge gift by joining the sport of Formula One, which is everyone went, this billionaire son is the way, and then a Russian one joined, and they went, oh, no, actually, the Canadian ones is sort of all right, isn't he? Um, (laughs) Moving on, uh, currently ninth in the Constructors World Championship. What a great weekend. I'm so pleased for this team. I'm so pleased for this team, for Williams, for two reasons. Number one, Alex Albon, finally, 10th place get some points such a good race for him so so pleased for him and i hope that his mum bakes him a big cake and and puts sort of a file in it or something so he (laughs) and and also latifi (laughs) latifi finished the race that's huge yes but not in any way that anybody noticed no because you know why he finished the race it's because he he went out qualifying yeah on saturday first corner Crashed, went home, watched some Emily in Paris, put, had a hot bubble bath, <laughs> heated up some lasagna. Yeah. Probably got a massage. Oh, yeah. New girl. That's what I imagine Latifi was watching. <laughs> uh, and I think the reason why he chose to not crash, I think that's the first thing. That's the first time we've seen him not crash in God knows how long. And I think the reason is he's finished New Girl now. So he's finished it. He's not got no more episodes. Left. Oh, I might as well. I might as well do this race okay how much how much money because there's obviously the price cap this year the teams are only allowed a meager 130 million yeah latifi has a 100 percent crash rate mm. that's a, four races four crashes how much money in dollars do you think he spent 
on materials that they've had to rep- replace from him crashing. I'll give you a little um, thing to help you. The, a new nose on an F1 car is about 150 grand. A couple of mil. Let's go a couple of, let's go yeah. cu- couple of mil. If I was a team principal looking at him, I'd go, look, come on, mate. You've got to help us out here. Like, you've got to, here, give us, could you give us 50 quid? Because this is a nightmare. <laughs> Latifi is the ultimate. It's the ultimate thing. You know when your parents just want to get you out of the house, and they're just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, no, no." You sh- if you want to be a, if you want to be a squash player, no, 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 I'll buy you a racket. Anything, anything gets you out of the house, making friends. Yeah, yeah. Latifi's being an F one driver is the most expensive version of that on planet Earth. <laughs> and were you aware of the rule that you needed to pit once in a race? Oh my god, I'm so glad you brought that up. That is one of the most obscene things I've seen happen in a Formula One race. He got to the final lap without a tyre change in seventh place. I, can, I mean, so, the, the, so I mean, like, what is, what's all these, are these enforced, the enforcement of a pit stop during a race? Is that, like, what, to keep everybody honest, to keep the sport ticking over? They need, they've got some deal with a sponsor. They, like, if it's that easy to run a whole race just on one set of tires i mean the fact that you wouldn't let people do i it's a necessity because of like you know max verstappen's front left will tell you changing tires is a necessity how can if somebody's managed their tires that well if the car has the you know the the mechanical and uh, the balance properties whereby the tire is managing to survive over an elongated period of time how can you possibly tell this impoverished underdog latifi subsidizing team that they've got to send their gorgeous boy uh, uh, one of my favorite drivers because <laughs> he's a nerd <laughs> we can go over that later my what, what the, the the categories of formula one driver and who to support um but uh, I, I was my heart broke and i didn't know the rules so i was and i couldn't have commentary because nipple whiskey was racing so i was like messaging you going what the f- what, what happened why did he just drop down to 10th and then why is he suddenly on softs this is insane it's a little bit like if you ran an entire marathon and on the last straight the 100 meters you're dying towards the end all the last energy of your body and you're in third or seventh place and someone stops you and goes sorry mate have you taken a piss during this marathon <laughs> You shouldn't be punished for being amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love Alex Albon. Alex Albon seems like the kind of guy that he's been on a date to the cinema at some point in his life. And he's gone into the screen where the girl is. And he's he's been like, I wasn't sure what you wanted from the confectionery stand. So I got one of everything. That's so, so, so insightful and appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done brilliantly. Good podcasting. <laughs> Eighth place of the Constructors' Championship, currently with 10 points. AlphaTauri, Gasly and Tsunoda. Tsunoda finishing in a lonely 15th and Gasly in a very silent 9th. I didn't really, look, I didn't see anything from these boys during this race. There was no coverage of them, really. I did enjoy after the uh, the last race where Gasly had tummy troubles and uh, there was that he posted a picture of him on his Instagram just shirtless and ripped and giving a naughty middle finger. He's such a naughty boy giving a naughty middle finger to the camera. Shirtless and giving the finger is kind of quite a, a weird flex when you've just had diarrhoea everywhere. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, seventh place, Haas F1 team. A lot of that promise seems to be dissipating with Schumacher and Magnussen. Schumacher finishing 13th, Magnussen finishing 14th. I, one of my one of the biggest heartbreaks for me with this race is it seems like a lot of the hopeful promise of, oh my God, Kevin Magnussen's all the way up here. And, oh my God, Bottas is going to finishes in fifth in the first race. He out-qualifies out Lewis Hamilton. Mm. You know, all of that promise seems to be dissipating and they, they seem to be finding their natural place in the middle of the pack. Yeah. It's been a very, very interesting weekend for um progression of teams that what each team has how they have improved um incrementally in themselves and how that has affected uh the entire grid because you know mercedes doing the work that they've done and improving how they have which is a dream for them has meant that everyone else has kind of bumped down the grid now back back to their usual it's like the end of a, of a Disney film where everything kind of goes back to normal. You think for a minute Scar might take Pride Rock, but at the end of the day, it's obviously going to be Simba who gets it at the end, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think, yeah, the reversion to me is slightly disappointing in that everything, your 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 hopes and, you know, the ambitions that you put on these people and for their the years that you want them to have and the uh, romantic narratives that you build for people based on, you know, what it feels like is possible. Uh, it, it's all happening. And, you know, this isn't even the first time that Haas have done this. You know, they seem to be great at finding pace the first couple of races of a season and then suddenly everything goes uh, horribly wrong. I feel, I feel sorry for the Haas team, which is that two weeks ago, you know, they're sat on a chair outside the garage on the Monday morning after the race and Gunter's doing his whole thing where he's like... Um, Feet up on a tyre. I gave him a call and I said, do you want to come back to Hungary on? And he says, yes, I want to come back. It's really a synchronous that. It's a lot better to have him back. And then now just nobody wants to talk to him again. I just feel it just breaks my heart. But that's that's the rough and tumble. That's the cutthroat power of Formula One. <laughs> In sixth place, Alfa Romeo, Zhou Guan Yu and... Um, for smacky I've had people coming up to me in the pub saying, hey, Smacky Bob Bot, that, that song is a thing. It is a thing, isn't it? Not as much glory in this race as there was for Williams, but, uh, which is another thing with, that I'm enjoying about this season is like, it seems like every race, everybody gets a little bit of, a different team gets a little bit of glory each week. A different team gets a little bit of, a bit of sunshine. Different team gets a little bit of a pat on the back and then heartbreak for everyone else. But Zhou Guan Yu, again, a little bit of an invisible race. Bottas, a little bit of an inv invisible race. Uh, a couple of good overtakes, but I mean, really, not much to report this week. Am no, I right? they didn't find a, they didn't find speed, or maybe they did. Maybe they found exactly the same speed as the other weeks. But as you said, like it, it wasn't that they were they they had a certain amount of speed in previous weeks. It was that other people didn't. Uh, so no, there's nothing. There's nothing much to report about what's going on. I'm willing Bottas to do uh, well. Uh, one of the interesting things that I've read in one of uh, a piece of literature um, that I'm sure we'll kind of come on to when we talk about uh, Mercedes is that Hamilton was so keen for Bottas to stay on. Like Hamilton wanted Bottas to remain in Mercedes. He he wasn't he wasn't pro of course the switch. He did. No, no, it makes perfect sense. But I just in terms of you know. Uh, the big drivers dictating who their teammates are really it just hadn't occurred to me that he would be lobbying he's got an amazing body as well he's in such great shape and also he's but you don't you don't you wouldn't know it to look at his face because he's got big like hamster cheeks like he's saving food yeah. for the winter and then he takes his top off and like you're going my god yeah if you're on holiday with him he'd take his top off at the pool and everyone would be like hang on a minute what the fuck yeah. what 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 you're ripped yeah when I take my top off at the pool like it's the opposite I take my top off and 
people look at me and go, wow, I thought you'd be a lot thinner than that. I take my top off at the pool and people go, people go wow, I didn't know a twiglet could sag. Um, <laughs> I feel like if you could do like a smash cut, like a Sex in the City thing, where like I'd see him, you cut to Bottas in three years and he's got one of those baby carriers on his front, you know, mm. and his pulls his baby something like Spud. He's made sure that before he bought the baby carrier, it was ergonomic. It's really important to him that it's an ergonomic baby carrier. And he only half knows what ergonomic <laughs> means. Uh, fifth place in the Constructors' Championship with 22 points currently is Ocon and Alonso. I mean, what the hell happened there? Alonso in 17th. Ocon in a very respectable 7th. I found it so funny during qualifying where Alonso crashed and he went into the paddock. And he was like, yeah, I think I was going to get a pole. I th- it was definitely a podium. I'm really annoyed. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't because you crashed. But it wasn't his fault. It was the uh, it was a problem with the hydraulics. No, but he was still going quickly. Like, he was going fast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that is like, I think, some of the worst Formula One analysis I've ever heard. <laughs> He was still, he was going fast enough that he could have gotten a pole. And then he finished down in 17th. Well, that's because he kept on changing his tyres like a maniac for some reason. He was so frustrated <laughs> that this kind of like car that he'd been bigging up how fast it was all weekend, uh, like had him in 10th, like still. He started on 10th and still was in 10th. The colour of that car... Is there is there a word for like when it, when colours make you feel sick? I hate the colour of that Alpine so much that when Alonso DNF the other week, I remember just thinking, yeah, that's really good because I don't have to look at it anymore. That's really good for me. I hate the colour of that stupid car. What? It's blue and pink. What's the problem? It looks like a badly think tanked bubble tea shop. It looks like a little sweetie. <laughs> It looks nice. I like it. That is not the colour of a championship winning automobile. I think you're certainly right about that. <laughs> I think looking right? looking at them, you're certainly right. I'm not sure it's because of the colour, <laughs> but uh, you're certainly right. In fourth place is McLaren. Finally, finally a good finish for Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris, fifth and sixth. Again, a weird race to watch on the telly because I, I felt like I didn't see them and they finished in fifth and sixth. I felt to me like... Uh, Danny spent 58 laps one second behind Lando and never going less than that, (laughs) never going more than that. He was constantly up his arse, but never quick enough to actually take him or never with the real intent. There was a weird moment at the end where Danny got DRS on the last straight just before the finish line. Is he like just trying to take him for a bit of a laugh? Like going, I'm not really, but I could do. Like, you know, when a dog like puts its teeth like on your wrist and doesn't like bite but just goes listen i could bite you i'm just i'm just letting you know that i could be biting you right now if i was one of those dogs i'm not but i could be and then um whoever in the early part of his career did lewis hamilton's media training needs to get onto lando quickly I really like him like saying to like Danny and him were kind of because the the McLaren suit shows sweat patches. Did you see this? And then uh, Lando goes, oh, you've got sweat patches as well. What's all this black stuff here? Is my brake dust getting on you? (laughs) I went, oh, my God, you are just. I liked Lando a lot more this time last year, just after he'd been mugged. (laughs) Third place. Oh, my goodness gracious me. There is no sweeter treat in life. There's no greater joy. There's no little cuddle that you can give yourself on a Sunday quite like watching Max Verstappen DNF 
Oh, good God. And on lap, was it lap 40 as well? Yeah, I know. Oh, sweet Lord. Give me that right in my mouth. Max's DNF, two out of three races. And then the car caught fire, which was quite fun. I thoroughly enjoyed watching Sergio afterwards going, it was a shame to lose Max. And I'm like, if Max had taken the podium today, he wouldn't have said a single thing about you. Yeah, but Sergio Perez knows what side his bread is buttered on. Sergio Perez has been in the mid table for God knows how many years. And Sergio Perez is getting pulled and like in contention for winning races and having an absolutely gorgeous time he is the he said if i'm going to be a number if i'm going to be a number two driver i'm going to be the number one number two driver i'm going to be the i'm going to be i'm going to be more obsequious than you i'm going to be more of a suck up i'm going to be i'm going to give way more easily than anyone else you've ever fucking seen you want me to fight off lewis i'll fight off lewis i'll fight lewis off yes yeah. of course i will elbows out sir we used the phrase garfunkling a couple of weeks ago which sure is, yeah you know, that's very what, good in simon and garfunkel you know there's Paul Simon and there's Art Garfunkel. But Art Garfunkel had real issues with Paul Simon getting all the attention as the main songwriter and, and the talented one. I feel like Perez, if he was Art Garfunkel, he would turn up at Soundcheck every day on time. He would be like, yeah, I'll do the harmonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll stand at the back, mate. I'll stand. I'll do whatever you want. I'll, yeah, yeah. I don't even need to be on stage for those songs. Yeah, yeah. Do, mate, do it. I'll go, I'll go have some crackers at the side. It'd be great. I'll have a little, little Coke, get a sugar rush, come back on, do hey, the Paul, rest of the set. Paul, whatever you want. Paul, Paul, Paul. You're a genius, man. (laughs) You know what, Paul? You should get loads of African singers in for the next album. You really should. (laughs) Red Bull Racing. I mean, where do do you even start with Max this weekend? Max managed to fly in in his evil jet. He managed to blame everything on his team. This is what's really interesting about today's race is that it was a real marker for... um, kind of incremental progressions in each team. So think about where Mercedes were three races ago and think about where they are now. They've made huge, huge leaps to go from Lewis not even getting out of Q1 to finishing at the back of the pack in the first race. And for them to finish third and fourth today shows that they are really starting to tune that car and they're really starting to get there. And if I was Red Bull right now, I would be quite nervous that we've had three DNFs in three races. Like, I don't think that they are progressing at anywhere near the speed of Mercedes right now. And I, it makes me very happy because I, I think Max is a, a little bratty brat brat. How many things in his hotel room do you think he's punched today? I mean, I couldn't put a number on it, but I, I certainly think any pets that he has are certainly steering clear of him. <laughs> <laughs> Horner's face when they DNF today. Oh, my God. It was like a... It was like a baby who'd gone whoopsie in his in the big boy pants. He he looked so. It wasn't even anger. It was like I'm in too deep. It, yeah, he's he's just completely lost, isn't he? He doesn't know what to do. He's and he's twi- it's it, it, it's really really great. My favorite Horner, my favorite version of Horner, is when. Like, obviously, they have duties to talk to the press and they have to do a certain amount of talking to Sky Sports for the good of the sport. The FIA will force them to do it and they get fined if they don't, blah, blah, blah. He just hates it so much. Having to, like, uh, pretend, like, do this acting whereby he doesn't just want to call everybody a fucking fuck and scream at everybody <laughs> and go, why is everything so bad? I mean, it's it's so funny. He's so full of uh, torment and um, anger. Yeah. Uh, it is great. And my favourite thing is when Perez does well and Max DNFs and Christian has to pretend to give a shit. Like, oh yeah, 
uh, Jorge has to go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, good. Oh, good. I like Perez. That's good. <laughs> like, I feel like when he, after the race, when Max DNFs, Christian will like, he, he'll do that little, I don't know how to do it in here. Let me see if I can. He'll do that little soft knock on Max's dressing room door. You know, like a little. Hello. Yeah, that's very quickly followed by a, hi, hiya. It's me. Just wanted to check, check how you're feeling. That was, I know. sorry about I the car. He'll say, hey, 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 champ. Hey, champ. Just wanted to check in. Is that, how, how are you feeling? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes, no, it almost hit me. Yeah, you, oh, good throw. <laughs> good throw, champ. This is what I don't understand about Drive to Survive. Is like, there's obviously the days in the PR where they go, okay, so we're going to spend the day with Horner. And Horner's PR team will go, mm, how can we make you look grounded? How can we make you look like <laughs> someone that people can connect with? And he goes, well, I could play with my kids. And they go, yeah, that's a great idea. Why don't you play with your kids? He goes, also, what about um, horseback riding and clay pigeon shooting? <laughs> go, we're, not, we're, not sure that's, we're not sure that's everyday things, Christian. Yeah, you know what? I think most people have ponies, and I think most people like shooting pigeons. So I think I'll do that. Thanks very much. He was just happy to be high up. Look how tall I am on the horse. <laughs> Mercedes currently in, in uh, second place. Lewis finishing in fourth and George Russell taking a podium. I believe his first legitimate podium today. I thought it was a really interesting start to the race they had. Lewis, I mean, incredible off the line in that race. Flying past, a, you know, so many people. Uh, and like by the first corner, he was up in third or fourth or something. He'd, he'd hammered forward, managed to get through the middle of everybody. But also what I remembered from the qualifying was that their f- Lewis's first sector time was better than anybody's. He was going, he was doing the first sector. So much as it was great to see Lewis like take it to everybody in this first moment of the race, you did immediately go, oh, I remember from yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not keeping this up. And Sergio, like it was a matter of time till he got taken. Then Lewis had a bit of poor luck, uh, you know, as he'll see it with, and George had good luck with the safety car uh, coming out when it did, uh, did. They'd obviously kind of kept George out there as a sort of favour to Lewis to keep him out there disrupting the front of the pack so that, you know, Lewis could catch up to them. But then... When the safety car came out when it did and George got to change his tyres later than everybody else, he was at a huge uh, advantage. They've obviously found a lot of pace. They're still porpoising a lot and it looks like a, it doesn't look like the most pleasant and easy drive. But then Ferrari are kind of bouncing about even more. Very much looked like they were, one of them was listening to Mastodon and enjoying it. <laughs> I killed a man because he killed my goat. George and... Lewis have the playful, uh, jovial banter of a couple who I know in six months are going to hate each other. Yeah, it's going to be one. Yeah. They're going to take each other out of a race, blame each other, and it's all going to go horribly wrong. And a whopping 104 points Ferrari, which is insane that 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 far ahead, given that um, signs DNF. And I, you know who I really feel sorry for this weekend? It's the people who went, who should we give the helmet cam to this weekend? And someone went, Carlos Sainz, he might have a good race. He goes, yeah, yeah, he had a great race last time. Let's put the helmet cam in it and then just out. And there's something so sad about watching a Formula One driver walk from their car to behind that fence. Because they, they have their helmet on still. So they look, because their helmet makes their body look really small and their yeah. head look really big. They look, they look like an angry toddler. And they sort of walk back and they kick the gravel a little bit like a mad child. And then someone just shows up and goes, do you want a ride back to the paddock? And then they have to sit on a humiliating moped. You can always tell how upset they are by how long they keep the helmet on for as well. Nikita Mazepin has kept his helmet on now for almost two months. <laughs> 
poor Nikita Mazepin. I mean, if um, you saw Nikita in the in the news this week, oh my lord, poor guy. He literally, the, the journalist said, "Will you, you know, will you say that what Russia is doing is wrong?" And you, Nikita basically went, "Look, I'm a human being. I don't like what's happening, but." If I say that, they'll kill me. And he's absolutely right. Oh, they'll kill his dad. And you know, they're going to kill my one chance of getting back into Formula One one day. <laughs> Carlos Sainz, I felt really, really dreadfully sorry for. And the, and I think he's kind of getting to grips with something. I think he had this idea. And you can see the reality dawning on him race by race that Charles is going to win the championship and that he is not going to win the championship and he like you know Matteo Binotto said afterwards no they're going to be allowed to carry on racing uh, yeah sure I'll, I'll speak to you in I'll speak to you in a few months time and see if you're still saying that Carlos Sainz reminds me of like you know when you're a child <laughs> and you're and you and you first like realize that you're mortal you first you realize that you're going to die one day and you go oh no Oh, I'd been having such a nice playtime, and now I realise that one day I have to die. This is, this has put this all into a completely different perspective for me. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's Garfunkling. He's Garfunkling hard. Yeah, he's Garfunkling. <laughs> okay, um, I'm just going to read out um, the sponsor of the week. In Formula One, there are multiple sponsors, and we don't know what any of them do, and you don't know what any of them do, and no one knows what any of them does because. Um, sponsoring and marketing in Formula One is pretty much pointless and it doesn't work. So I'm going to read out uh, sponsors for you this week and I want you to tell me what they do. Camozzi. C-A-M-O-Z-Z-I. Camozzi. Oh, that's Valtteri Bottas' ergonomic baby carrier brand. Na, 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 na. Any Camozzi. Na, 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 na. Here come the Azteca. That's his favourite song, so we named it after that. <laughs> Finally, for this week, um, I have a couple of fan questions for us to answer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. From our from our social media accounts, very dirty air on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I think we could make this a regular thing where people write in questions to us and we answer them on the podcast every week. Such a good idea. Which driver do you, from? This is from Nell Dobson underscore. Which driver do you think would win if they all had the same car? I'd let you answer that first. Alonso. Lewis. I, I mean, it's a. T- there's. I could give you ten drivers who I think might win if they were all in the exact same car i think it would Um, vary a lot more wouldn't it yeah but i'd like them all to start in pole as well i want to make the 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 grid the other way so they're all at the front and the track narrows like when there's roadworks on the motorway you know and then they have to find their place that would be the most stressful thing to watch uh yeah i mean i think you'd see different people you the, the, the winner would vary so much more from week to week obviously because they'd have the same uh car i think it's a really interesting and like it's it's one of those questions that you first think about because it's such a hard thing to gauge who the best driver is but seb maybe or i think seb would be so sort of uh, happy to not be in the Aston Martin anymore, assuming that <laughs> assuming that you don't put twenty drivers in that shitty Aston Martin, because actually, if you put twenty drivers in the Aston Martin, they're just no, you just don't get a race. There's just twenty DNFs. That's a much better question. Who would win if every single driver was in an Aston Martin? That's a great question. No, nobody wins. Thank you for joining us for our race review of the Italian Grand Prix. We'll be back uh, very shortly. We'll be doing a episode in between uh, the next race, which will be the Emiliano Romano, the first Italian Grand Prix. We're coming back to Europe. We're coming back to the home of Formula One. We're going to see some tight tracks. We're going to see some close racing. I can't wait. Before we wrap up the show, please remember to subscribe and comment on every single app that you can listen to this on. Go on your Spotify. Go on your Apple. We're on Audible now. We're up there with Shakespeare. Uh, Please 
please uh, uh, rate and review us. It really, really helps us climb up the old chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My name is Josh Weller. And my name is Alfie Brown. You've been listening to Dirty Air. I am just a poor boy, though my story is seldom told. I have squandered my resistance for a pocket full of mumbles, such are promises. All lies and chance. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.